I want to talk commodities and further that discussion with Carly Garner, senior commodity strategist and broker at D. Carly Trading. Carly, good morning to you and a happy International Women's Day. Let's begin with ADP, uh, the number here that we just got coming in a little bit higher than expected. I guess I'm wondering what this is going to mean for Powell in terms of testimony uh, at the House today. Uh, well, I think his goal is to not ruffle any feathers, and hopefully he succeeds in that. Uh, one thing that I've been watching pretty closely is uh, most people are bearish the stock market. Most people are generally bearish treasuries with the interest rates uh, moving higher. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the COT report, and I know it's not perfect because we've had the cyber event and it's delayed and there's some issues there, but even so, it uh, seems relatively obvious that they were sitting on really huge net short positions in both treasuries and E-mini S&P futures. Uh, in some situations, maybe one, uh, you know, among the top three or four of all time as far as short positions. So all I'm trying to say is, Sometimes when everybody's short, the fundamental story doesn't really have to change. All that has to change is those shorts decide to get out and we mm. get a little bit of a short squeeze. So those markets can go up, even though everything is telling us treasuries and, and stocks could go lower. Uh, fundamental stories in the long run drive markets, but in the short run, it's positioning and uh, seasonals and technicals and things like that. So don't be surprised if we start getting some short squeezes in some of these markets that have been beaten down recently. Okay, I like that. Uh, Carly, you always bring a very level-headed approach towards looking at price activity. And, uh, um, it, you know, when we look at the S&Ps back down to 3,900, basically in the middle of the range that we established since May. So not a lot of conviction one way or the other. And to that point, I mean, last time we spoke, you were talking about natural gas breaking down below that $2 level being a little bit overextended to the downside. I want to talk crude, but as you mentioned that, uh, first thing that comes to mind is your call with natural gas. I mean, you were spot on with that. Well, thank you. And, and natural gas specs are still wildly net short. And so I don't think the short squeeze is over. In fact, I think okay. we're in the process of a trend change. That said, I'm really eyeing on the May contract, not April and the May. I'm really eyeing about 250. As long as natural gas can hold above 250 in the May contract, I think we continue to press higher. Uh, my first upside target is going to be about 375. That's a technical level that basically marks a pivot line between bull and bear market. We broke down a month or so ago and never really looked back. But that's going to be resistance on the way up. And believe it or not, by the end of next year or maybe even mid next year, I'm sorry, this year, 2023, uh, later, let's say later this fall, I think somewhere in the $475, $5 in play. I'm not calling for $10 gas again. I think those days are gone. But the market at $2 had priced in the worst case scenario with the Freeport uh LNG export terminal reopening. And I think eventually if all the bad news is out and we're, we're starting to get a little better news and that's gonna flip the boat a little. Also, we have the ongoing war in Ukraine headed into its second year. Ultimately, uh, uh, Europe avoided a worst case scenario, but not necessarily uh, all of the concerns uh, removed. Let's talk about crude oil ultimately, because I looked at it, compared crude side by side with the U.S. dollar back to 105.50 crude coming off that $80 level. It's not just the strength thing we're seeing in the greenback, but also the Fed rhetoric sparked some demand concern, I'd imagine, as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was a stunning chart that you put up. I appreciate you showing us that. Uh, the interesting thing about crude is we've been basically trading sideways. If you look at a daily chart, all the oscillators and moving averages are flatlined. We're exactly neutral. I've seen this before. Generally, what happens when everyone's bullish and the market's trying to put in a base and we're trading quietly is we get a big run of the short, uh, the stop orders below. 
my guess is everybody and their dog has a stop somewhere around $70. Mm-hmm. So I continue to believe that the low, I'm sorry, the mid to high 60s in crude oil are going to act as a little bit of a magnet um, as we wipe out some of the the complacent bulls and the sell stops and things like that. But if we do get into the high 60s, I think it's going to be a buying opportunity because those long-term stories that everyone's talking about, the China reopening, the lack of investment, all those types of things will eventually come into play, uh, but probably from lower levels, in my opinion. Let's talk a little bit about how everybody's focused, not only Fed Chair Jerome Powell's comments, but the yield curve, uh, that 210 inverting to 100 basis points, ultimately, uh, uh, and, well, uh, the expectations that that means recessions on the horizon that continues to increase the likelihood, I guess, uh, one could argue. What does that mean for industrial metals like copper and silver? I saw silver take a hit yesterday uh, in reaction to Fed Chair Jerome Powell's stronger dollar, and everything combined seems to be weighing uh, on sentiment there. Right. The silver market's really had a tough go at it. Uh, I don't think the selling is done in silver. From a chart perspective, we probably need to test $19, maybe even uh, in the mid-18s before we start finding some good buying areas uh, for anybody that wants to be long silver. In copper, I actually have the opposite opinion. I think, uh, in my opinion, the dollar index is probably going to run out of steam somewhere around 106. And I think that's going to help copper out. Eventually, it will help silver out. But silver is a market that moves fast. It can drop a dollar, dollar fifteen a day or two and be done with it and move the other way. Uh, copper, I'm looking at levels around $4 and 380 is good support. So somewhere between those two price levels, I think, is a place where we start seeing some buyers come in and things start firming up. Let's quick look here in terms of copper. It has been coming off uh, into this week, off the highs from last week, up around 417. We saw some weakness. Just to check, because copper is one of those markets I've been talking about, Carly. Look at this right in the middle of the range that we've been in basically over the last year. One of those markets just waiting for more information. I also have silver ready. This is just an intraday look at some of the selling. But this was the big drop yesterday. I was talking about some of the weakness coming into play. Carly, uh, the WASDE report today, uh, what should we be looking for oftentimes? to spark some intraday volatility at the very least in terms of grains. We know they're a focal point here with the ongoing war on Ukraine as well. You could bring the dollar into that story uh, and narrative and discussion as well. But what do you have your eye on here today? The two markets I'm watching the, the closest are soy meal and wheat. Those are okay. the two markets that, for whatever reason, speculators and funds have picked to uh, load the boat in. We're probably, again, the COT report's a little bit challenged at the moment, but we're probably seeing the biggest or maybe just one of the biggest net long positions ever in soy meal uh, being held by large speculators. And I have a feeling that we're coming up against some psychological resistance around $500. uh, And that also happens to be the uptrend resistance areas. So somewhere between here and 500, which we're not too far off, I think the market starts to get really toppy and some of those speculators that are overly long and probably a little complacent might uh, decide to run for the exits. And if that happens, we could get a really big correction. So be careful with that. And we're seeing the exact opposite in wheat. Uh, The masses are short wheat and they seem to be very comfortable. But I think as time goes on, maybe today's WASDE will be the event that shakes things up. I think that that changes pretty quickly. Wheat looking a lot like what we saw in terms of natural gas, potentially things are a little bit overdone to the downside. Just checking in real quick. Let's look at the daily time. Oops, hold on one second here. I've got the daily right here for us to check in on. You can see a a pattern that we've become very familiar with, high conviction of the downside, consolidation, and now attempting a breakout here as we work our way back down below the $7 level. Carly, any commodities that uh, we missed here that you've got your eye on that we should be watching? 
Uh, no, as always, you did a, a really great job. I'll just remind everyone, keep an eye on the dollar. That's what's driving the boat here in the short run. So watch the 106 level. If the dollar uh, reverses at 106, that should be bullish for most assets. Okay, Carly, we'll continue to keep an eye on the greenback, the strength we've seen as of recent, and the impact it has on commodities as well as Fed Chair Jerome Powell today, potentially uh, stirring up price activity. Carly Garner, Senior Commodity Strategist and Broker at DCarly Trading.